Hello everyone and welcome back to the platform. This is the Station House audio series. We are on location at Via Rails Toronto Maintenance Centre, colloquially known as the TMC. Not the DMZ, that's the demilitarized zone, Chris. That's 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 a different thing. <laughs> yeah, that's very different. Oh. We are we are back with Chris Fox, aka Soup. And if you're wondering where that nickname came from, you'll have to listen to our last episode with Chris, uh, where we talked about uh, oil and and uh, and, oil fu- and un- fuel unburnt and fuel, unburnt fuel and all kinds spewing of spewing out of an exhaust yeah, stack. Just yeah, just raining and globules of oil. How on earth that uh, gave Chris the nickname Soup? Well, you'll you'll have to go back and listen. So we're back with Chris. We are sitting aboard Edmonston. It is a what type of sleeper car is this? It's a Pullman standard sleeper. They call it a ten. Uh, let me or, think here. It's a four eight four eight four sleeper. It's a four eight four sleeper. Yep, that's correct. It's owned by Rapido Trains. Yep. And what is a four eight four? That uh, must be something to do with the configuration. Yeah, it it, it has to do with um, it. Uh, it has. Uh, um, I'm not. It's funny. I'm not. I'm not. Re- I am. I, I work on the thing, and I don't even know. But I mean, it. Ah, we stumped you. We yes, stumped you the master the, mechanic. The 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 four eight four. I know it has four bedrooms. It has four sections, but it um, it, it has twelve roomettes. In it. Oh, okay. And I know that it has to do with um, uh, the how much it actually uh, uh, be classification. Okay. Like it goes from I think it goes from the most expensive to the least expensive. Okay. In, in that. And we're, uh, we're, we, I, we're I, 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 w- I wish I could <laughs> have better on it. I mean, I, I can, I, I, I can tell you the wheel profiles of, of, of or, or the, uh, the, uh, the, the breakdown of the D22. Yeah. The uh, breakdown. Of the, yeah. I, I could tell you all that on the car, yeah. but I, I mean the, the, um, the, the history of the car, I know it was built in 54 and uh, it's made of mild steel and there's a lot of rust on it yeah but i mean it's it's getting there so we're we've converted two bedrooms into a recording studio here today what bedrooms are we in we're in a and b we're in a and b yeah you're over in a yeah you're the a team I, i'm i'm the a team and i'm and in the b pile and you're in the b pile yeah yeah, 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 yeah. we've got the divider open yeah that's and correct, uh yeah. we are uh we're we are socially distanced and uh, this carpet is something yeah, um, I'm going to take a couple of photos of our makeup uh, recording studio here and post them on <laughs> our uh, Facebook page, the platform Facebook page. Nice. And uh, yeah, the uh, you can head over there and, and check out our Facebook page at the platform if you want to see this this makeshift recording studio. I think the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, I think they would be some impressed. Yeah, with I, the recording studio that we managed I, I, to put together. Here. I think they started in the 30s like this. <laughs> This carpet was it original to the car? Um, this would have been the uh, probably the second probably like a seventies refurb. This or is definitely the uh, the seventies refurb. This is the seventies carpet. This is what we're putting back in the car. Yeah, that's um, pretty pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it's definitely got some reds and some purples and some browns and some blacks. So and Chris, it's, uh, it's something. So Chris, last time we were together, uh, we talked about uh, rail fanning. You talked about your dad was uh, looked after the the fleet management of the rail cars for Texaco, mm-hmm. and uh, you'd moved up to Northern Ontario near Sudbury and Caperall area. Yep. You went back to Newmarket, which is a suburb of Toronto. That's correct. To the north. Yep. 
and we talked about about your early rail fanning. So that brought us to sort of the end of high school. Right. So take us from high school into your career as a professional railroader. Well, I went to Union Station at one point to try and get on the uh, the gangs, and um, uh, I, I I lined up. I put my resume in, and uh, I didn't get a call. And I found out later that. I wore glasses at the time and in those days of, of the time if they had it didn't matter what my qualification was it didn't matter how good I was it didn't matter how much uh, references that I had they would take somebody who without glasses with the same qualification same references that I have over they would take somebody without glasses that with with, with glasses um, because they didn't want to have that when are we talking what year roughly oh let's see here that would have been 88 87 okay yeah yeah so really so if you had glasses you're you're uh, sort of went to the bottom of the pile you did you went to the bottom of the pile i never got a call and even for section or track guy yeah that, that's because that's where i was going not I, even I, running I wanted, trades no well i wasn't even going to go to running trades i wanted to go in the gangs i wanted to go you know i wanted to pound spikes and yeah. put track in and i was kind of i was interested in that stuff and uh anyway so that that never happened so um my dad and i had a conversation and uh i i, I wanted to go to petawawa at one point to be uh in the military in, uh, in the engineering for m mechanic because mm -hmm. uh, i'm always interested in, in in turning wrenches and things like that and uh, my dad talked me out of that and said uh, how about uh, you go to college and university for something and I said all right well I, I like drafting he goes well, what about engineering and I said like professional engineering and I said yeah yeah I, I, I would like something like that like he civil says, engineering civil yeah kind of, because yeah. and that's exactly what he said he says you like track you wanted to go and build it with the gang so why don't you go design it and have somebody else build it for you so I was like okay that's fine so then I applied and uh, I got into Georgian College at first, and then I was there for three years, and then I moved, uh, no, two years, in Barrie. Nice, nice try, buddy. Yeah. And then, well, what's that? I was at college for three, two, one, two months. Two months, and, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, and I was there, I was in Georgian College for two, two years, and then I went, to, uh, I went to London. I went to Fanshawe College in Western University, and I uh, graduated out of there with a uh, civil engineering degree. And then I started work with a, uh, a company in Guelph. And um, we're I'm, into the 90s now. We're into, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're well into the 90s now. And um, uh, I worked there for four years, five years. And um, I, was, I was in the field quite a bit. I was in the office as well, but I was, I was back and forth because it was a smaller company. And um, we did surveying and, and uh, designing of different things and stuff like that and uh, I was happy with where I was because I'm doing something that I spent a lot of money at school for to, 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 to do although it wasn't my passion but it was definitely a job and I enjoyed it mm -hmm. um, and I, I have to admit I, 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 Matt Cherry he's a, a very good friend of mine he moved out west and uh, he and myself hit it off really well. And uh, he owned the an analytical lab in, not owned, but he ran an analytical lab in Guelph. 
And after work, I would go over and just sit in his office and we would do exactly what we and you are doing right now, just firing stuff back and forth. And I'd sit there and he'd do his work if he had to, but we were always conversation on trains and streetcars and interurbans. Is he a model railroader at all? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he liked... Uh, Funny he, how the he, two he liked, always seem to come yep. together. I met Matt actually through uh, Ken Jones, who's with the Niagara Railway Museum, but... Uh, uh, anyway, so Matt actually says to me, he goes, dude, looking across his desk, right? He's got this big desk. I'm in his office there and everything else. He's got his staff outside doing analytical stuff and, you know, oil lab. And he's, it's a laboratory. And uh, he's, he's looking across. He says, dude, man, you missed your calling. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you should be in the railway either fixing stuff or doing something. And I went, nah, I'm happy where I am. He says, you know why don't you come with me? Can you take a day off in like two days? And I said, well, probably. He goes, yeah, get in the car, come with me. We'll come down to Willowbrook. I got to pick up some, uh, some oil samples from, from Go Transit at Willowbrook. And cause, uh, cause they were doing the analytical lab for, uh, the, the main engines to find out, you know, they, they don't change the oil in a locomotive. They do an, 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 a, 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 a laboratory analysis of it. And it tells them if it needs a change or if they can carry on with it. So that's fine. So I, I went, yeah, all right, sure. He goes, you got nothing to lose. You still got a job. I'm like, yeah, okay. So anyways, get in the car. I come down with Matt. We were here. He introduces me to everybody I know now. But he introduces me to the diesel shop foreman, Rocky. And Rocky, he sits there and he says, yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah, you're so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's nice. Here, I'll take you upstairs to HR. So I go upstairs and I talk to Glenn in HR at the time. And uh, I, I hand him my resume. This is before the internet really took off what year are we talking we are talking 2000 okay and uh i'm uh bombardier had been working they had taken over the maintenance i believe in 97 for from cn from cn yeah and uh, uh matt had the or his company had the analytical laboratory since the inception. He CN did their own, and then Bombardier needed to, so Matt won the contract. So, anyways, he Matt was known. Everybody knew Matt there. So, anyways, Rocky takes me upstairs. I see Glenn. I pass him, and then they uh, subsequently. That's fine. Three or four weeks go by, and I get a phone call. Would you like to come in for an interview? And I was like, Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll come in for an interview. Not knowing anything, so I book another day off of work, and I trundle down here, and I, I go upstairs, and, you know, I'm nervous as all hell. I got to admit that I am. I have no idea, right? Got those butterflies. Oh, very much so. So I go into this room, and there's a panel of three people in front of me, and I'm like, I know all of them now, but at the time, I didn't have any idea who they were. And uh, uh, there's a guy named Kevin Townsend there who didn't say anything, but he was there. He, he, he was the car shop foreman. Leo Kiroga, who was there, he was the, uh, at the time, he was the PM, uh, preventative maintenance um, uh, supervisor. And then uh, there was uh, Glenn, who was uh, head of HR. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, Leo, from when I didn't know this, but at the time, this guy is an ALCO. He knows ALCOs inside and out. Are you, oh, he worked for NRE and Capriol, so he, would, he knows how to tear them down, take them apart, put them back together flip them upside down. He knows everything about Alco. Uh, he worked for NRE and he worked for CAD in Montreal. So he's he's an Alco guy. 
anyway, so I remember specifically him talking to me across the table, and he said, in his South American accent, he says, what does a surveyor civil engineer know about a traction motor? And I said, well, let me tell you. <laughs> so I, I, I told him about a traction motor and how to increase the bearings and how to oil them and how to clean them up and check the brushes and, and all that stuff. And I had learned all this because previously when I, uh, I'll, I'll step back a minute here. When I was going to ask you, yeah, how did you know about yeah, the I wanna traction step back, motor? Yeah, I want to step back and, 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 and tell you this quick. Um, when I was in a university and college in London, because I went to Fanshawe College and I went to Western, I belonged to the London O-Gagers. I decided to go over to, to the London O-Gagers and they had a trolley. I was always been a fan of electric traction. And uh, freight, especially. Heavy, was this heavy the layout freight. that was the London O-Scale Club? Yeah. Or O-Scale Group? Yeah. It was behind the Dairy Queen That's and Warren Cliff? Yes. Okay. I, I used to go over there. I every... love that yeah. layout. Yeah. It was the original one. Yeah. I don't know where they are now. But anyways, uh, I, I was over there. I met the guys. was there for a couple of years. And um, I really liked the traction. I didn't build it, but I got it working again because everybody kind of just abandoned it. It was there more of a stuffed and mounted thing. And then yeah. I started working with it because I wanted to do traction interchange. I wanted to move all the stuff around, get the barns working, have the thing going. I was, that was me. I really liked that. And then I got the job in Guelph and I had to move. So they were sorry to see me go, but they, I remember one of the, I forget the gentleman's name. It might've been Ward, older gentleman. Anyways, he told me, he says, when you get to Guelph, look up Halton County. And I said, oh, okay. Halton County Radial Railway. Railway. Yeah, the Ontario Historical Electric Association. Okay. And I said, sure. So I moved to Guelph, and seven months later, I finally get go out to Guelph Line, and I, 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 I go in, and I meet Ian Smith there, and he takes me around, and he shows me everything, and I join that day. Guelph's a half an hour west of Toronto on the 401. Correct. Yep. For and, those who don't know the area. Yep. And uh, the Halton County Radio Railway is on Guelph Line, which was about 15 minutes from Guelph, halfway between Guelph and Rockwood, Ontario. Yeah. Anyways. Gorgeous so, piece of property. Yeah. they. It's fantastic. Uh, anyway, so I started out there and I knew mechanical like i mean i'm i've always been i don't know where i get it from i've always known what's related to what and how things work and that kind of thing you've always had a bit of macgyver in you yeah exactly yeah. actually that was my nickname in high school there's an they, 80s reference they, they called me macgyver in high school yeah they, i they, they did call me that because i could pretty much make something it might not have worked very long but it certainly worked to get whatever it needed done yeah um yeah, you couldn't give me, I'll say this, you couldn't give me a, a thing of duct tape and some uh, elastic bands, and I couldn't build you a shopping mall, but I mean, it was, you know, I could do something with it. Um, but anyways, the I, I, I got to Halton. We've MacGyvered our recording studio. Yes, here. we have, actually, and it's, it's actually not too bad. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. We've got to take some photos of oh, this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, people get a laugh out of this. <laughs> So now you're at Halton. Uh, I, I'm at Halton, yeah. and I'm I, I'm tutoring under uh, uh, Gordon McHewitt and uh, um, Dave Barrett and Tom Twig and 
Tom and I are pretty close to the same age. I, I think we hit it off pretty good. And, and uh, he, uh, Ted Osley, who's the, uh, he passed away, and he was a general manager. And then Tom took his, um, his place. And uh, I really like Halton. That's my home museum. And I will say that straightforward. You're still a member there. Oh, yeah. I've been a member there now for over 20 years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I learned that and, uh, or I learned under these guys and working with the streetcars and the interurbans and uh, number eight especially. I really like number eight as well as, uh, you know, anything big and heavy and, 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 and so Holden's and, deal is it's radial, it's traction. It's traction. It's overhead it's power. Overhead, it's, it's, over, it's trolley. It's trolley. It's trolley, but it, it, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it is the electric freight that I want. Yeah. It's the full-size deal. And... So you got yourself into yeah, the shop over there I got somehow. myself into the shop over there, and I learned how to repack a bearing. Learned how to inspect. And these guys that you <clears> were <throat> learning from... Sort yeah. of by osmosis and yeah. by by being around. Were Correct. they professional carmen, or where did they where did their knowledge come from? Who G were these guys? Gord McEwitt has been in the industry for like forty years, but he was originally employed with CBC, so he learned from other people, and learned from books, and learned putting the stuff together, and learning on the equipment at Halton, right? He's a, he's a fantastic air brake guy. He knows air brake like you wouldn't believe. And I learned all about the air brakes on, on, on different things. Now, a lot of uh, 26L and 6R and, and 24RL and uh, like 6SL and uh, uh, 24RL and uh, um, uh, 6EL actually is, 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 is another type of brake which I, I learned about. They all mean stuff, right? EL means electric locomotive. So um, it, it's, it, it, it's interesting. They work the same, but they're, anyways. They each have their own idiosyncrasies. Yeah, oh, very much so. Oh, very, very and, much so. Different yeah. valves, different way how, how it's piping. Some are straight air, some are not straight it's air. It's amazing how many th ways you can dissect pressurized air. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, if it's not set up properly, you know it. Anyway, so um, I cut my teeth with these guys, and um, I'm, I'm I owe I, I owe my gratitude to these guys because uh, it they it's my niche. It's where it was. It, it it is, and it's funny because when I was out there, I was always everybody out there is a bit of a modeler. They like they started in that, and then they kind of migrated to wherever. That's where I kind of wanted to end up, being a machinist or being a carman or being a mechanic. Is is I could see myself. Still, you still that. weren't focused on running trades. No, at you this still point, wanted to crawl under the thing with yep. coveralls. And Absolutely, get Turn grease up to your yeah, eyeballs. Get, get, give me a ratchet or a spanner or something, and I'm 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 happy. That's and, interesting, Chris, because that's what puts you on a pardon the pun, but a completely different track from most guys I know, because everybody wants to be a hogger. Everybody wants to yank the throttle. Everybody wants to be up in that seat. You wanted to climb under it yeah, when and check I, the bearings. <laughs> right. When I was little, like living in Newmarket, I'm watching these guys, and these guys are waving to me, and you're watching that, and they're like the king of the hill. They're on. They're in the train. That's what you want to do. You want to be the engineer. But as I grew and I, and I evolved into what I am now, I, I was more interested 
because you could run at Halton. You could be a motorman at, at Halton. That's not a problem. And I did. I, I, you know, I passed the test and I could run on the main line out there. And they, they're basically a 105 with a staff. It's a beautiful run down through the trees. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, long story short on this is that I, I still found myself in the shop. I still found myself under the thing. I found myself like, you know, I'd crawl out of there and some Dave Baird would look at me and go, what happened to you? You fall down? I mean, you know, like, I mean, I'm dirt from here to there, you know. So, But loving it. Oh, absolutely. So anyways, that is where I learned about attraction motors. So back to Leo talking to me across the now you're at Willowbrook. I'm at Willowbrook. At Go sitting there. HR. Yeah, Go HR sitting there. And Leo, he's asking me, what does a civil engineer surveyor know about a traction motor? And I told him. What kind of traction motor what would kind you of, like to know about? Yeah. And I, I, and, and, I, and I, I said, yeah, you do it this way. You check this. You do that. You, you know, you, you, there's, uh, I even told him, I said, the traction motors that I'm, I'm used to working on take seven gills of oil in each of the suspension bearings and then you have the motor bearings on top of that so you have both both bearings that are there and, I, and you know you, you, is he looking at you dumbfounded he's looking at me like okay uh, he's not saying anything he got a little bit of a smile on his face but not much right kevin's sitting here he has no idea what i'm talking about because he's a car guy right he's, he's he works in the car shop so and the hr guy's snoring and, the, and and glenn's sitting there like he's he's watching the reaction of everybody else at this time and anyways i talked to them about it and i was in there for almost an hour and uh at one point it was like me talking to you they were talking to me i was talking to them and blah 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 we're going back it's and flowing forth. it's just flowing yeah it's just flowing. anyways i left thanked them very much got in my car was driving home when i got home checked the answering machine glenn had left me a message we would like to have you in for a second interview like before i got home they called me at the time on the second interview when i came in which was two days later back at willowbrook back at willowbrook i came in uh i did another interview there was uh, leo was in there uh, jeff gaffney was in there at the time i believe and robbie robertson was in there too and uh um those guys i actually worked directly with at the time and um another interview that went very well because i guess it's my niche it's i i get it. it's not a job to me it's a passion well i know that just from knowing you personally we're, right. we're friends yeah and I, I, I know that about you. Um, whenever you and I casually see each other, uh, and it uh, sounds like we're dating. Uh, over we, a hot dog. When we casually see each other over a really bad hot dog at an, R, at an RPM. Right. Um, we don't generally talk running trades talk. And in fact, we don't generally talk model railroading talk. We no. generally talk about something mechanical. Mechanical, yeah. And I, I, I just it just migrates that way. I remember one day. Um, I don't know if you remember this. Um, I'm highly forgettable, so you know you may not remember this. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I remember one, a different day we met. We were talking about the difference between a composite or a composite, if you're American. Comp composite or a cast uh, brake shoe. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, we talked about that. We, we talked about having to condition the shoes and condition like, the shoes, different like, pressures because what, because there's a, 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 a yeah. You have this to is use what different we pressures talk between, about. Yeah, right. and so I've always like it's it's funny mm -hmm. because here you are a hogger uh, for for Go Transit, and yet when I think of my friend Chris, I think of a mechanic. Right, and I I mean I, I hope I, that doesn't I, offend. No, you. it doesn't offend. You're me just at all. a mechanical guy. 
Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, you drive trains. Yeah, I drive trains. <laughs> yeah. I drive trains, too. I'm a train driver and, um, but yeah. So, so back to the, sorry. So, so the second, no, no, inter- that, that's fine. second interview back right. at Willowbrook. Second interview. I, I don't remember it as much, but I left that. And then, um, I had a phone call again within two days and this time it was Joanne Williamson who I hadn't met before, uh, at this point. And, um, Joanne and I had, had a great relationship over there. Um, anyway, uh, she called me and said, well, we'd like to offer you employment. And I as, said, as what? As, as a, as, as an equipment maintainer. Shop guy. As a, as a shop guy, as, yeah. as a carman. Yeah. And, um, I said, great. And, the, but then she said, the only trouble is that there's a, a union thing going on and we're probably going to be going on strike in like 72 hours. Oh. And I went, ah, okay. Uh, she said, we could hire you, but I don't think you'd really want to cross a picket line. And I said, no, I don't want to, I don't really want to start out my career by doing that with it's a great way to make brothers. friends oh absolutely <laughs> so, anyway um that was fine so the strike lasted about a week and i called her every week for nine months because there was a moratorium after that on hiring this was part of the what became of the, the strike, strike and so on yes and, and we're, she, is and this she, still in 2000 uh, this is in yeah late late two thousand late two thousand late, late, late two thousand okay yeah. yeah because it was early two thousand when I got the I went in for the interview and it was late two it was October of two thousand is when I actually got hired and okay. I started okay um, so I went through the entire summer and then I finally gave my uh, they wanted me they said can you come in and start at whatever date it was and I said I I I can't downshift that fast i don't want to burn the bridge with civil engineering in case this doesn't work Mm -hmm. out um that quickly even though i am jumping for joy with like doing jumping jacks um that i got into somewhere that matt cherry started this out and i told matt i told him on the way home after i handed my resume in if I get a job here, I owe you a steak dinner. I still owe him a steak dinner. He moved out west. I haven't gone to see him since, but I owe him a steak dinner for this. Encouraging you yes. to go down and give He's it a shot. He's the one that gave, encouraged me to give me a shot. And I haven't looked back because I was 10 years in the shop doing everything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn down anything. So I was an equipment maintainer, and then they offered me the job of becoming a hostler which they, Bombardier calls them REOs, rail equipment operators. Every, if you know Bombardier, they have to change the acronym for everything. So instead of a carman, you're an equipment maintainer. You're, instead of a hostler, you're a rail equipment operator. Uh, whatever. Anyways, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you need a translation yes, book. Yes, you need a translation book. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I was a, a, I started out as an equipment maintainer, and then I went to a hostler or an REO, and then I went to a mechanical technician, which is basically a machinist. And I worked in the diesel shop. I worked in the car shop. I worked on the PM. And they found out very quickly that they could give me a folder, basically a duotang, with work orders in it, leave me alone with my toolbox, and I would get as much done as I could through the day. And uh, 
I worked with Leo directly on the PM for a long time, and he knew I was, you know, I'd work on the diesel, I'd work on everything. Then I went to the diesel shop, and we started, you know, I was I was in the diesel rebuilding program, so we were actually doing rebuilding of the, of, of the, of the 71012s on the F59s. And uh, I'll say 522, which is, I'm not sure where it ended up, that's the first engine I operated, and it happens to be the first engine I ever changed a, changed a traction motor on. It just so happened to, to do that, and I was pretty happy. So I mean that 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 was that was my engine. That that's that's kind of I, I looked at five twenty two. And anyway, um, I worked ten years in in the shop, and I went from REO equipment maintainer, mechanical tech. Then I jumped. I didn't do the electrical tech. Um, was this all out of Willowbrook? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I did an outpost tech. I, I was, uh, Jeff Gaffney, actually, he became my supervisor, and he said, why don't you go for an outpost tech? I think you'll enjoy it. I said, okay, and there was a job posting on the wall, so I did, you know, I went in and acted an outpost. Outpost tech looks after the stuff at the outpost. So when the trains go out in the it, from Willowbrook, they go to Union Station, they do their rush hour service, they do one trip to, say, Georgetown, Ontario, or Milton, or uh, Hamilton, and they stay there overnight. Well, you need a chargeman there or an outpost tech there to put it to bed at night and wake it up in the morning. Okay, and you're working on your own, but being out there, you need to have under your belt, you need to have your mechanical because you need to know the engine. You also need electrical because you need to be able to troubleshoot electrical problems. You need to be MacGyver. Pretty much. Yeah. And I, 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 I thought I was good at it. So, and I, I passed. That and job every, had your name yes, written all over. Yes, and that's great. And they moved me. I was the outpost relief tech. So if somebody in Hamilton booked a day off, I went out there. Somebody turned around and booked a day off in Bradford, I went up there. Uh, if somebody booked off at Union Station, because they had a tech that down there, I was a Union Station tech. So Where were you I, living at the time? Uh, I was living at the time in, in uh, uh, I started in Guelph, and then I moved to Georgetown. So you're, what, an hour to work uh, at for, Willowbrook? At, at, at in 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 georgetown 45 minutes yeah yeah depending on the traffic depending on the traffic yeah and uh anyway it was it was fun i enjoyed it so i and then and then <laughs> joanne which i talked about before joanne she came to me and said would you be interested in going into the training department and i said sure i'll like i said i'm not going to turn down anything the more i have under my belt the better it looks training as in mechanic mechanical training mechanical training yeah. so training other i'm gonna i'm gonna use the term chargeman because yeah. i'm old school yeah so training other chargemen sure training shop guys training guys off the street that came in how to do the job wow right so they would they that would, could be challenging they would come in see joanne and glenn in hr and actually see hr Glenn had moved on at that point. Joanne was my boss in uh, in, in the training department. And um, I became the guy who would be the first guy that these 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 juniors coming off the street would sit in the in the training room and I would be the first guy who they and we would start and I would they have would have no idea of an engine. We would go through 
what a two-stroke cycle was right up through uh, there was three weeks of training and then we let them out onto the floor and we put them through the different shops and then we figure out where they were going to go and then the union would they would bid on what shift they wanted and then they ended up and i and then they carried on from there i also did hostler training so i was the guy who would be training the guys to run the engine in the yard making trains up taking them apart coupling uncoupling uh you never kick a go-car don't yeah you you never kick a go-car <laughs> and that never happened you don't treat it like that mill gun back no, in woodstock no in the, not, in the not, not at all yeah just just uh, let her go right it'll, 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 it'll stop sometime yeah it's got couplers <laughs> right anyway did you enjoy that job i really like that job yeah. and um so how did you go from yeah I was just getting the shop into running training? I was gonna say yeah that 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 came about when Bombardier started uh, CN wanted out of the running trades, and uh, Bombardier bid on it. And they, explain to us how that sort of worked with the with the pool like CN and people that may are not familiar with the politics or sort of how things work at Go well, Transit. Go Transit is a uh, at the time wasn't classified as a railway. It is a commuter agency that owns railway equipment. It is. It was run by the host railway on their track, which was CN predominantly. CP had their own, and they ran with their CP crews. So you had a CN crew and a CP crew, and they were crewed all by CN and CP. Depending on whose track you were on. They were on. Correct. Okay. So when Hunter Harrison came in, he didn't want the goes anymore. He just didn't see it even though the goes made money for cn they didn't want them anymore they were having crewing issues and a bunch of other things and go was looking for another uh so anyways the whole idea of bombardier was is that it, it, it was different because it was a third party running so you had an entity which was a company bombardier that was going to train people to be engineers working on cn track for a provincial government agency that wasn't a railway. Yeah, because GO does stand for Government of, of Ontario. Ontario. That's correct. Yeah. I'm not going to say it wasn't easy. CN crews, I'm not going to turn around and say the CN crews weren't nice to us. I will never say that. Um, we learned a lot from the CN guys. And uh, um, a, a few of them, they took me under their wing and stuff like that. But what happened was is that when Bombardier got uh, the contract, uh, they uh, put it out in the shop that you could apply if you wanted to go to the running trades. And uh, the more senior guys, you know, they went by seniority, if you wanted to go over to the running trades to try it. You always had a thing back at the shop. But they gave you a timeline. And then after that, you either had to pick one or the other. You couldn't, there wasn't back and forth, right? So I... I was the second guy to apply because I thought, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to drive the train. I've, I've pretty much gone as far as I can in the mechanical. I like the mechanical. Don't get me wrong. I would still be there doing it, turning wrenches and stuff. But the pay was so much nicer when you're poss the possibility of, of, of more money always intrigued me just because, <laughs> you know, sure. I, even, even though I love it, yeah, I would do it pay. for what I got bills to pay. Yeah, you have a family. And I thought, you know what, this is the next step. I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'll, I'll run them. I mean, I, I ran them around the yard. Well, you know. So anyways, long... Uh, How hard could it be? Right. That's exactly it. <laughs> so they pigeonholed me, which I wasn't too happy on. 
I ended up not being in class one, I was in class 12 because they used my mechanical abilities to train the guys on air brake, on the mechanical portion, how to cut a truck out, how to, how to slide doors work on, a go, on the go-car, how, how, how to fix small problems. You become a valuable asset in the mechanical side and it was kind of... It was tough for them to let me go. It was a bit of a boat anchor on you yes, trying to get into running trains. Right. And, That's uh, understandable. That's to your credit, really. Yeah. It is, and frustrating. Frustrating. It was was extremely frustrating. Anyway, so I I ended up going into class twelve, but I held my seniority as if I was in class one, which that's a whole other political aspect on that. But everybody's fine with it now. Um, And uh, I I went over there, and I spent months. We spent months training, going through signals, going through all the scenarios, going through everything. And then we went out on the trains and we rode with the CN crews. And uh, lo and behold, I became a conductor. And I was a conductor for four years. And then I was able to class up to be invited, they call it, as to, to go into the engineering class, to, to, be a lo- to be a hogger. So on a GO train, the conductor rides in the locomotive with the yes, engineer. absolutely. Because the person who is on the train calling the stations and operating the doors is yeah. not the conductor. No, they're called a, a customer service ambassador. Correct. That, that's yeah. a, uh, that's a, I would say that's more of a British term because they have ambassadors. That's where I believe they got the idea from was from, was from Britain because they had ambassadors on the trains. Over so you're there. riding the cab car or the locomotive, Correct. whatever end you're on. That's with right. the engineer. Yeah, and I worked with a bunch of CN guys because they had some uh, um, some some guys who were restricted to go only and uh, to keep the operation running. Go couldn't have done it without these guys. So um, they were they stayed until they retired. A lot of them, but. Uh, they were my hogger, and I learned a lot from them, as well as most of the senior guys who are at Bombardier now, uh, who run the trains, learned a ton from the old the old heads. And you learn a lot from the old heads. Um, so you were conductor for four years? Four years. And then was it an easy transition into the right-hand seat? Uh, yes and no. It's different. It, it, it's different. When... <laughs> When you're a conductor and you have to take, you, you're on the radio, you're talking to the dispatcher, you're taking the orders, you're, you know, I mean, yes, we, we run under CTC most of the time, but they had OCS at the time, so we would do all the OCS clearances, we do everything else, all the rest of that stuff. But basically, you're there looking out the window, being the second eyes, and, 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 and doing your thing. If you were on nights and they had no 42s out there, a 42 is a construction zone where you have to call the foreman to go past and through his limits. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had no 42s out there, or you had basically no 43s, which is a speed restrictions, um, you're going for a train ride. You're sitting there and, and, and you're calling signals and you're yep. talking with the engineer and you're doing your thing. and Just you have playing your, Simon Says with the CTC. Pretty much. And you have a picnic going on there. You bring a lunch and, a, you know, and you got a picnic happening and you can do pretty much everything. When you transition from the left to the right... The train doesn't automatically stop. You have to do that now. And you have to do it with finesse, which those guys make it look so easy that you stop at that L marker. It was an eye-opener. 
And then you've got different rail conditions to deal with, oh, different weather. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I was like the other day, I, um, yesterday, I was coming into uh, Oakville, Oakville, Ontario. I was I was coming in from Hamilton. On the Lakeshore West Line. On the Lakeshore West Line, right. And I'm coming, Oakville, it's downhill going east into Oakville from Kerr Street controlled location you cross that then you cross 16 mile creek which is a fairly high level trestle high level for toronto means it's about maybe 85 feet in the air it's not <laughs> a good bridge. bridge it's a good bridge it's yeah, a good sure. bridge you don't want to meet anybody on it but anyways um <laughs> i'm going there and then you there's about probably half a train length and then the platform starts so you have your break on the bridge not a big deal you're you, you're coming in and I, I'm, I'm booking it i guess i'm going through kerr street probably about What's what's track speed on the lakeshore if everything's cool? Uh it's uh ninety three um ninety three in places, eighty mostly. Okay. I am it's eighty where I was. I was booking it through there at seventy three miles an hour, I got a good break on. I grab a mitt full of air and I just let her come down. And uh at mile twenty two, which is Kerr Street, um, I grab a mitt full of air and I'm 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 coming in on track two. No problem. Uh, it, it, it started, slack started running in and I'm like, that's different. And it was wet and it's slidey and, and, and I had no dynamic brake on the engine. That means the blended brake was cut out because I had a problem. Anyways, I'm flying in there and I'm doing this and I'm getting more air and I'm more air and I'm grabbing for more brake. And then all of a sudden I'm down to 37 miles an hour and my speedometer goes from 37 to zero. It locked up on me. I'm sliding. Yeah. Do these bi-level cars have disc brakes? Yes, they do. They have disc brakes and shoe brakes. Okay. They have they have double brake system on them. And do they both activate at the same, same time? Same time. That's how you go from Mach one to stopped. It's so quickly. Yeah. 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 You, you have it one, amazes me. You have you have four <laughs> brake shoes per truck. Plus, you have four disc brakes. You okay. have four brake shoes on two discs per truck. Because just I took the I took the Go Train uh, in this morning right, on right. that very line. Yeah. And. Yeah, you're standing on the the platform, and the locomotive goes by you at such a speed that you're certain that it's an express train and it's not going to stop. And then all of a sudden, there's a squealing. Yeah. And the thing comes to a halt. So, yeah. And I wonder how on earth do these guys do it? Yeah. That you can't run helps. a freight train that way. If you run a freight train any which way you run a passenger train, you'll break it in about 15 different places all yeah. at once, and then you're, you, you, you have steel all over the place. So all of that braking is great, but at the end of the day, you're still dealing with steel wheels on steel rails. Yeah, and they have a, a system on them called a decelostat system, which is basically an anti-lock braking system. Oh, which? System. A de decelostat system. Decelostat. Yes, sir. And it, it's basically an anti-lock braking system that if it senses the wheel lock up or going to lock oh. up, it will release the brake and then apply it again and release it and apply it. Similar to an anti-lock braking system, but it's... So you're air. not going to toboggan down the rail with locked up wheels? No, and that's what was happening. My decelostat system on the train was firing, but because I didn't have any dynamic brake and I don't know what happened to the engine, but I was sliding. I What'd had you all, have for power? Uh, an MP40. MP40. Yeah, then, 600 series. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm looking, I looked over, Todd looked, he looked at me, my conductor Todd, he, he looked at me and he says, where'd the speedometer go? Because he's got a speedometer on his side. And I said, yeah, we're sliding. I'm just leaving it here. I, I could bail off right now, but if I bailed off and the decelostats are firing, we'll probably end up, I don't know, halfway to Oakville Yard. We won't stop at the station. I'm just going to leave it right now and just let her go. We'll call this in after. And I'm doing this and we're moving down the platform. I stopped roughly about where the four car marker would, and then I pulled up and stopped. But 
we called in, and there was small flat spots on the on the on the unit because you could feel them afterwards. But that was that. That was an experience that, as a conductor for Todd, he'd never experienced that before. And I, I had that a uh, couple of times before in the winter. But other than that, you don't get that very often. Uh, the shop took the engine in to, to look to find out what the, the, the problem was, because it's not supposed to do that. Do you find that your mechanical background really really helps you they like it operations. They, they like it here that i do have that because if i if i call on the radio and say something generally i've had this said to me and i'm not tooting my own horn because i don't i don't like that i don't do that but there's been a diesel doctor in in, in the tower and uh you call the tower and ask and say look i have this problem and uh i'm i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna i'm gonna try this and i'm gonna try that to get me moving or i'm gonna cut the dynamic breakout because it's not reacting the way i want to and whatever you know i'm telling them i'm going to do this i'm not asking for permission i'm telling them i'm going to do this and i know because i've i know people in the in the tower and they turn around and they say yeah you might want to listen to that guy yeah well, they respect your they respect your experience, and I, I appreciate that because you know what there are a lot of people out there that are much more smarter than I am with this, and uh, I, I I'm you know I, I I'm always learning, I always want to learn, but I mean I I I enjoy being a hogger, I enjoy doing what I do, I'm in my element as people say, but I can't leave the wrenches, the, the so. I'm going to have you back, Chris. Or okay. Actually, I'm going to come visit you again, and I want to pick up on that uh, about the wrench side. Yeah. And uh, we we'll... can set the sound booth up again. Oh, That's this fine. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is um, the creme de la creme of recording. <laughs> Chris, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for coming. Up. And thanks so much for rolling out the uh, mid-70s uh, carpet. Oh, yeah, no problem. It's, uh, fantastic. We'll do it again. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. This has been The Platform, the Station House audio series. Detector.